Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Welcome to the lift. Get ready to take a ride. Hello, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 9 of The Lift. I'm Daniel Foytek, and I thank you for listening. Wow. We posted our last episode on April 5th, just 80 days ago. But it feels like it's been years. So much has changed and happened, some of which led to production delays that are now resolved. So you're here for a good story, and maybe a little escape from the madness. I think we all need that. A break from the real world to de-stress. We'll continue to offer that. But we also feel the job of art is to look at the world and comment on what we see. The show has always tried to offer a message of hope, balanced against a warning of what happens when we give in to darkness and intolerance. I think the best way to comment on society is through story. So all I'll say about current events is, We hope you embrace hope, kindness, and tolerance, and constantly strive to be better. If you don't, you might end up getting a rather unpleasant visit from a certain precocious girl who is hundreds of years older than she looks, and far wiser than you or I could ever hope to be. Thank you to those who took the time to rate us five stars and write a short review for us on iTunes. Your ratings do help others find the show, And we love hearing from you. As always, before we get started today, a big thank you to those who are supporting the show. Without you, this show would not be possible. On behalf of our authors and everyone else involved in making the show, a sincere thank you for your support of this show and of independent horror fiction. If you're not already supporting the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Victoria's Lift. Victoria wanted me to remind all of you that our first written anthology, The Lift, Nine Stories of Transformation, is available and packed with great tales by some of your favorite authors from the show. The book also features beautiful cover art and illustrations for every story by Jeanette Andromeda. It's a fantastic collection, and we know you'll want to add all nine stories contained within to your own building. Get yours now at victoriaslift.com forward slash read. Today's episode features a fresh tale written by Nelson W. Piles and told by Heather Thomas, who narrates and reprises her role of Wendy the Wendigo and features Amber Collins as our girl Victoria. The story is accompanied by a custom score written by our resident composer, Nico Viteze of We Talk of Dreams. Please, if you enjoy the story, seek out and buy the work of Nelson W. Piles. It keeps him making more. You can learn more about Nelson and find links to his work on his bio page at Victoria's Lift. Now, let's go for a ride. Victoria sat on a rather comfortable chair in her uncle's library. She kicked her legs over and over, out of habit, while she read a book. The book was spellbinding. It was a collection of fairy tales, but the original more macabre versions. Some of the stories she knew but some stories in the book were even older than she. 
She had been waiting for her uncle for a few days, who surprisingly hadn't made an appearance as of yet. She figured he was on an errand with his friend Mr. Enfield. He'd been spending an awful lot of time tending to Mr. Enfield, but it was something important to her uncle, and he'd be along soon enough. She had finished reading about the poor little mermaid and her demise, turning into sea foam. She closed the book and sighed. As spellbinding as the book was, she was bored. She didn't want to read any more today, but she also didn't want to do anything else either. She hopped off the comfy chair and brought the book to her uncle's desk. She laid it down gently and clapped her hands three times. This was a favorite thing that the library did. The book levitated and, in a moment, whooshed off to its place on the shelves. She giggled and clapped her hands. She stood there, smile fading as she quickly became bored again. She considered going to every corner of the library and collecting books to bring to the desk to then clap her hands. But that sounded an awful lot like work. And that would not do. From behind her uncle's desk came a dull chime. An eyebrow raised. She stood tiptoe in front of the desk. She peered over, seeing nothing. But the chime sounded twice more. She scrambled to the other side of the desk to see where the sound was coming from and saw a wooden box. Attached was a small note in her uncle's handwriting that simply said, don't. Now both of Victoria's eyebrows raised. She loved a mystery, and this was just what she needed to stop the boredom. At least, that's what she thought. She found her uncle's massive chair and hopped in it. She steepled her fingers together and did her very best impression of her uncle. Well, hello, kitty. What have we here? A note of some note. <laughs> she reached out and pulled the note and held it to her eyes. She noticed there was a second note on the box. This one said, Open. Curious, she took that note and unveiled another note. It simply said, Victoria. Cheeky uncle. She grinned and grabbed the box, then placed it on her lap. Again, it chimed. She sat back in the chair, regarding the box. Hmm. What shall we do with you? Cheeky box. She shot a glance at the three notes that had been on the box. Cheeky notes. She looked at the box again. <sighs> what would Uncle do? Quite right. He would open the box. She picked up the box and examined it closely. There was no latch or door. It was very light. She gave it a light tap and it sounded hollow, except for whatever was chiming. It had an ornate symbol carved into it. She gave it a small shake and she heard the chime again. Her glowing green eyes reflected at her in the shiny black lacquer surface of the box. I wonder what you are. As if on command, the box began to vibrate and chime. 
it was as if whatever was inside was trying to come out. Victoria's smile dropped as the box slipped from her fingers. She waited for the box to break on the floor and sighed in relief when the box didn't. However, the top of the box started to slide open. Oh dear! Suddenly, everything went black. Hello? Victoria found herself somewhere foreign and dark. She had been in the library a moment ago, and now she was elsewhere. Hello? She looked for anything or anyone, but she was quite alone. Hello? Uncle? Uncle? The only sound was her own voice. It echoed like she was in a rather large room, with her eyes being the only light source. As she used this to her advantage, she noticed that the room did in fact look slightly familiar. She walked around the room. It appeared to be a basement in an old house. There was a large table with a radio. There was a support pole in the center, and the floor was concrete. Where do I know you from, room? She inched around the pole. She put her arms behind her back and talked to herself. Again, in the best impression of her uncle. Well now, boils and ghouls, this is a mysterious undertaking. A strange yet familiar room. An odd trip into an even odder box. A perfect conundrum for a girl. <laughs> Although she was slightly concerned, she was rather enjoying herself. Until she saw the sign. On the far wall hung a sign she hadn't thought of in ages. It read simply, I eat children. Victoria glared at the sign. She knew where she was, and she was not happy. She had wound up in her building's basement, and in a very specific part. It was where Wendy had been placed in her basement. Wendy was a creature who, like the sign declared, ate children. Victoria had rescued the three girls, only to have them perish anyway, and in the many years since the occurrence, had nearly forgotten all about the creature that had started all of this in the first place. Wendy, the Wendigo. Many questions filled her head, like, specifically, and most importantly, where was Wendy if not in her room? The other questions would answer themselves. At least, she hoped they would. She thought of where she should begin, and commenced pacing the room, the glowing green of her eyes reflecting off the nasty sign. She found it difficult to be curious and cross at the same time, which of course made her even more cross. She remembered a staircase that led out of the basement, but it wasn't anywhere to be found. The only thing that remained the same in the room was the sign, the table, and the radio, which sprang to life. It startled Victoria. This made her even more cross, 
and she stomped her feet. You come down here this instant. And although she hadn't expected an answer, she was still cross when the only reply was silence. She stomped her feet again. Wendy, I'm not kidding. A very loud sigh came from above her. <sighs> you know, you aren't really very much fun. I'm not here to have fun. Well then, what the hell are you doing here? You tell me. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to, you creepy little shit? Victoria honestly didn't know how to answer the question. I thought that would shut you up. Where are you? Wherever you put me. And since you know where that is, you can get me out of here. You don't really think that will happen, do you? Not without the proper motivation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who is motivated. Wendy had no idea how long she had been, wherever the hell the creepy little girl had put her. But part of her knew that she would see her again. And if there was one thing that Wendy was, it was patient. What she did know was that she was in an odd version of her house from Boonton. It was still decorated for Halloween, which is to say, it looked the same as it always had looked. Unfortunately... That also included the fact that there wasn't anything to eat. The green-eyed little shit had taken care of that rather nicely. She had access to the entire house, which was better than nothing. But considering she only had access to the house, it seemed to shrink in size over time. At least, it had felt that way to her. When she heard the commotion in the basement... She managed to peer down the stairs at the creepy little shit in a heap before she came around. Wendy had nearly run down the stairs out of hunger, but she hesitated. For one thing, the little shit was a ghost or something. She didn't know much about that stuff, but she knew you couldn't eat a ghost. Wendy had never encountered another supernatural being like herself. She'd never even met another Wendigo, for that matter, except her mother, whom she had never seen change. Wendy, however, had eaten Mom just the same because, screw her. She'd heard, of course, about other things that went, in theory, bump in the night. But for as long as she had been alive at this point, she thought she would have seen lots, maybe even made a friend or two along the way inhuman or otherwise. Something, at least. Still, Wendy would have never thought her demise would be as quiet, and frankly lame, as being trapped in whatever version of hell this happened to be. And she wasn't about to let some little English spook get away with it either. Wendy hoped the little shit was terrified. Victoria was furious. But as furious as she was, this was a situation she had never experienced before. Her uncle had once told her that experience was a teacher that taught you something while you weren't expecting it. 
and she absolutely loved to learn. So, instead of being completely cross, she decided to allow the learning to take place. She once again tried her hand at her very best uncle impression. Well, kiddies, it looks like Wendy has a bone to pick with our girl Victoria. <laughs> her cackle died down quickly, and her brow furrowed. Oh, uncle would have loved that one. Her immediate problem was still how she had ended up in her own basement. She knew where her basement was and how to get there to be certain, but how she had ended up there was an absolute unknown. She sat on the floor and sighed. <sighs> uncle will not be pleased. Why didn't I just do what the note he left behind? Yes, Victoria. Why didn't you heed the notes? Hmm? You're a well-read girl. I bet quite naughty on occasion. <laughs> so, cheeky girl, why would I leave a sign on the box? It's your building and your basement. But why would the box lead to Wendy in particular? She stood, glad to be thinking again instead of being cross. Because Uncle knows the best way to get me to do something is to tell me not to do something. This gave her an idea. She jammed her hand into her pocket and smiled, and conjured up her uncle's voice once again. Well, hello there. I think it's time we brought this chapter to its conclusion. Wendy was surprised to hear the sobs coming hard and fast from the little English brat. It was not entirely unexpected, of course, but it was a lot sooner than she had thought. She started to salivate and had to remind herself that this time, a crying child wouldn't be the dinner bell. She went to the top of the steps and opened the door a crack. Have you had enough? The only response was tears and sobs. Oh, knock it off. Have you had enough? I'm coming down there, you little shit. Wendy stomped down the steps, making each footstep as heavy as possible. Each step also brought a new sob from the girl, which made Wendy laugh. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be able to eat you, but now? Holy shit, am I going to try. Wendy hit the bottom step and saw nothing. Where are you, green eyes? Mama's hungry. The door slammed shut behind Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Are you ready for story time? Wendy whirled and looked up the stairs. Nothing. What the hell are you? Why, I thought you were hungry for company, seeing as how you've been here for so long. <laughs> you sounded positively starving for attention earlier. Come out here! Wendy ran up the stairs and tried to open the door. You spooky little shit! Open the door! We should have a talk, you and I. My uncle has sent me in here to talk to you. 
and I want to know why. In here, you're tucked away, not able to hurt anyone. Just wait until I get my mitts on you, and we'll see about that. You eat children. Some would call that evil. I'm sorry. Are you about to give me a fucking morality lesson? Wendy walked down the stairs. Because supernatural kidnapping doesn't give you any goddamn right to decide if I'm evil or not. Well... Well what? Well, I think you might have a point. Oh, do tell. Wendy tapped her foot and crossed her arms. Victoria stepped out of a shadow and stood in front of her, expressionless. The little girl's eyes glowed a dull green. I think what you were doing was wrong. But I suppose it's in your nature to do what you do, isn't it? What? To live? Isn't that the nature of every living thing? Does it have to be children, though? Isn't there something else you could eat? You sound ridiculous. You know that. Wendy crouched to Victoria's height. You're assuming there's a choice involved. I can't go to a store and buy food. I can't grow a garden because I'm not a vegetarian. I'm a Wendigo. A shapeshifter. This form that I'm in right now? I'm stuck in a human-looking form. This isn't what I look like. It's painful to hold this form, and I have no choice now. I'm not a fucking human being. You think eating little kids is evil? I call it survival. Wendy <laughs> sobbed and then cried bitterly. She crumpled to the floor and covered her face. I have no idea if there are any others like me. I only knew my mother, and I ate her. Is that evil too? Because that's what we do to survive, Wendy said through her hands. What would Uncle do? How old are you? Victoria asked, getting an idea. I honestly don't know. Maybe... A hundred or so years? What do you care? I'm trying to think of a way I could help you. Bullshit. Wendy stood and glared down at the girl. Help me? You have got to be kidding. You want to help me? Then get me the fuck out of here! Better yet, jump into my goddamn mouth. Let me be what I am. But first... Let me out. I don't want you roaming around killing children. I can't allow that. I don't care what you want. Or what you think you can allow. You don't want me to eat children? Well, boo-hoo. It's what I eat. Are you going to kidnap lions for eating gazelles? It's not in your food chain, but it's in mine. Victoria stood there. Unable to say anything for a very long moment. Must it be children? Wendy looked at her. Why? What if I had an alternative? What's a better alternative to children? <laughs> okay, fair enough. It does sound creepy when I say it out loud. No, it doesn't have to be children. I will not have you out in the world eating children. It is simple as that. 
but I also know you're not doing it out of malevolence. It's your raison d'etre, so to speak. Those are a couple of big words for you. Hush! It wasn't in her uncle's voice, but the influence of it was still there. I am trying to actually help you. Don't make me change my mind. Wendy nodded. Now then, what to do with you? Since I'm not going to let you out, I can at least not treat you like the others I'm forced to keep here. There are others in here? Why can't I see them? Oh, you will. But I must tell you the conditions of it, and you must agree to it. Otherwise, I shall leave you in here. What conditions? <sighs> Victoria stood as straight as she could. I'm going to give you a choice. You will remain in the basement where you will have the freedom to move around. And food. Enough to eat. You'll even have this house in which to live. The only thing is, there are no children here. What's in it for you? Victoria shrugged. You won't be eating children. But I'll still be eating people. Isn't that also a bad thing? The people that are here are beyond bad. And they cannot ever leave. You could eat the same person again and again, and they'd still be here. Some of them might even welcome that. The terrors they've constructed for themselves are, in many cases, far worse. Why are they here? Because this is where I put them. And this is where they must stay. And, pardon my ignorance, but exactly who the hell are you? I beg your pardon? You heard me, you little shit. Victoria's eyes began to burn a bright green. She spoke in a loud voice that wasn't yelling, but very obviously angry. I am bound to this place. A guide for those lost souls who find their way into my building and who ride my lift. I have offered many choices to many people, more than I care to count. I do try to help them make the right decision for themselves, but despite my best efforts, choice remains theirs, and not all choose well. Life is the decisions we make. Some people deserve a second chance. And then, there is you. What about me? I've been trying very hard to understand you. And for the most fleeting of moments, I was beginning to doubt my intentions. Is it a rattlesnake's fault for biting someone as they walk past? Is it the bee's fault for stinging someone they perceive as a threat? I have been thinking about this, and my answer is no. It's not their fault. It is in their nature to do what they do. So, you're saying that I should know better. Is that right? No, I'm saying that I should know better. Wendy watched the little girl walk up the stairs. And then she laughed. <laughs> Where the hell do you think you're going? I locked the door before I came down here. The basement door lock disengaged. And Victoria laughed like her uncle. <laughs> Sometimes the key to a proper code exit is in fact an actual key. <laughs>
Wendy ran up the stairs in a panic and tried to open the door. But, of course, Victoria had locked it behind her. Victoria hopped back into her uncle's chair. She was pleased that she sorted out what needed to be sorted, but felt an odd pang of guilt. She knew she had done the right thing, or at the very least had convinced herself that she had done the right thing. She looked at the wooden box that had started her adventure and saw there was a new note on it from her uncle. Proud of you, uncle. In smaller print, it also read, Cheeky girl. Victoria smiled, but it didn't have any joy. She wished he was back because she needed to talk to him. She also needed a hug. <laughs>